please silence your cell phones, hold all sidebar conversations to a minimum, and we'll get started with Between the Slides in three, two, one. Colorectal cancer is the second leading cause of cancer death among men and women combined in the United States. There will be an estimated 140,250 new cases of colorectal cancer in 2019. One in 20 people will be diagnosed with colorectal cancer. One in three people are not up to date with colorectal cancer screening. 60% of colorectal cancer deaths could be prevented with screening. 25% of people diagnosed with colorectal cancer have a family history. Know your cancer risk. That's data posted on fightcolorectalcancer.org. I'm Kevin Pinnell, host of the Between the Sides podcast. Thanks for coming to episode 38, Why Should I Get a Colonoscopy? You may ask yourself, hmm, I thought this was incident management and project management best practices. But if you've listened to the show before, you know that we also sprinkle in health and wellness that really affects how we can do our job, whether it's in an office managing projects, supporting incident management teams in the field. And so I, as an alumni of the cancer survivor class of 2009, when I had my left partial nephrectomy for kidney cancer, um, and was an early candidate, I'm 45 years old, typically folks that are 50 and older are advised to get colonoscopies. Um, I got the golden ticket and had one a little bit early. Um, I'm glad I did, I'm glad I got screened. And so on this episode, I wanna share for folks that are in that percentage of folks that have not or are behind their screening, and also for folks that maybe have made the appointment and they're getting ready to go to their colonoscopy and hope that this helps you um, get ready mentally and physically because uh, we all need to get out there and do some cancer screening. I'm sure everyone listening uh, knows someone or maybe is someone that has survived cancer or that has died from cancer. Um, it sucks. We don't like it. So let's do everything we can to take advantage of the medicine that we have here in America. And if you're listening from other countries, wherever you are, hopefully you have access as well to screen and kill this cancer um, if you happen to have it as quickly as possible. So the first thing, we'll jump right into this between the slides five. So we'll use the kind of original format. And if you want to hear uh, some earlier episodes, betweentheslides.com, we've got them all posted there, links to there, so you can subscribe on whatever platform, um, is to consult your primary care physician. So the first between the slides five of getting a colonoscopy for good colorectal cancer screening, talk to your primary care physician. If you don't have a primary care physician or PCP, then I would advise you to get one or talk to a general medicine, family medicine, you know, some physician that is trusted by your friends or family. Um, and if you can get access to them and work with them and let them know, um, part of that would be to know your family's cancer history, particularly if you, if you have a history of colorectal cancer in your family, but cancer at all, um, to know that that might, you know, expedite you getting a colonoscopy. And again, have that good conversation with your physician um, and make the time to do that. And then if you're advised to get a colonoscopy, don't put it off. Make the appointment, set apart the time, and do it. Um, you know, the, this first step, this first between the slides five is no trade industry secret, but it's the one that probably most folks don't do. Um, I happen to make this appointment because I set myself up for a physical. I hadn't had blood work and a general physical done for a while. I'm 45. Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of rough on my body with jujitsu and exercise. And so I said, you know what, I want to see what my labs are, how I'm feeling. And so that's kind of what prompted me. So if you're out there and you haven't gotten a physical lately, um, don't think that you're you're too tough or too young or whatever. It's always good to check the numbers, see what our body's doing, and you know, listen to your body if you are having problems. 
So the second thing is, once you've made that appointment after you consulted your primary care physician, is to plan ahead for the week of your colonoscopy. Um, this, this overall process was kind of less for, than I thought it was from the procedural side and then more than I thought it was from the prep side. And I'll get into details on that to hopefully help you all. Um, I had, when I was a corpsman in the Navy, working in the int intensive care unit, had assisted in colonoscopies we did on patients um, that were in the bed many times. Uh, it was a good environment from the standpoint that the patients were already there, many of them that we were doing colonoscopies on to look for maybe internal gastrointestinal bleeding or polyps or cancer or something else um, were already sedated or on medication or they were kind of in a captive environment. Uh, mine was kind of same day surgery outpatient wise, so I was there a total of a couple hours maybe between you know the early prep and, and, and afterwards and, and I maybe um, missing that a little bit, but it's not an all day affair when you're outpatient. So when you plan ahead, um, you definitely for the day of need to take work off. You will not be functional that day. You won't be able to, to think right um, because of the sedation that you get, rightfully so. And you'll just be, you're still going to be super tired. Um, you need to plan for or cancel physical activities so that the day that and that's the day before as well. So the, the, the prep day, and I'll get into that one, uh, is, is no joke either. But the day of, you're not going to be able to do anything. Um, you're not going to exercise a few hours later. You're not going to, you know, you shouldn't and can't really drive around because you've got still got a good bit of narcotics, narcotics in your system or, or whatever medications that you know, they use. Um, and like I mentioned, the preparation was a lot more than I expected. So it took a lot out of my body because you are fasting for 24 hours from the midnight before the day before. So you're not eating at all. Plus, you're going to take something that's going to make your system get rid of every single piece of nutrition that was in there. Um, and so the prep is going to take a lot out of you. You'll, you'll be tired. Um, you'll be tired just from not having food and stuff. And, and I've fasted before briefly, but I've also kind of gotten snacks, like handful of nuts here and there, and then just drank a lot of water. Um, but I wasn't taking the medication to expedite the exit of all that food, if you will. Um, and with a prep for a colonoscopy, you do. So those nutrients aren't just sitting in your gut, helping you out. Um, and so, again, you're going to have tired and, and lethargy, and you're, you're actually going to start getting kind of some nausea and stuff. So the, the day before, you're also going to want to work to be at home um, at least the second half of the day because you're going to start your medication prep. Uh, like I started at 11 with some pills of Dolcolax, and then in the evening, you'll start a mixture of Gatorade and Miralax that really gets the flush going, we'll say. So really about a day and a half is what you're gonna need from work uh, for sure. And, and again, anything, exercise, classes, jujitsu, whatever, you're just gonna have to not do that. Um, so the third thing is prep day is horrible. It's it's absolutely horrible. And not, the hunger part wasn't as much, it's the, um, you know, the early part of the day isn't bad because you've taken the pills that are starting to get things going, starting to break things up. Once that's really in high gear, however, and you get into drinking the Gatorade Miralax mix and that kicks in, it is ridiculous what it does to your system. Um, you So early in the day, you can tolerate you know having some broth, which is great. Puts that great flavor and taste in your mouth. It's like you've got food substance or something. Um, when you get toward the evening hours and you start drinking that Gatorade Miralax mix, you, you really don't want anything else. The Gatorade helps mask the taste a bit. Um, but because your system is on hyperdrive, 5,000 of nothing needs to stay in here and, and it is just out, um, you just don't feel like having even anything flavored then. 
um, you'll get some nausea. Um, so, you, you know, the bonus is in addition to sit down time, if you will, that is going to be very frequent um, and, and rapid, we'll say. So shout out to the folks that know me uh, that happen to be listening to this. So now we know each other a little bit better. Um, you also will feel nauseous like you're going to get sick sometimes. So your whole system is just like, yep, we don't need any of this. Fortunately, I didn't get sick. Uh, I didn't throw up anyway. Um, but I, my system was certainly very clear. The cleanse worked very, very well. Um, and later in the day, so even when you go to bed, you know, you're throughout the evening, you're going to need to stay close to the bathroom, like very close. Um, it's a whole different ball game, kind of trying to hold it and get to the toilet and, um, late in the day, you know, even going to bed, I went to bed really late. So I was exhausted the next day. Um, cause you just have to keep going your system. It is just a, a, a flush of, uh, you know, getting everything out and your body is just working close. So the biggest thing on prep day is you're going to have to just deal with that, deal with the feelings and near the end of prep day, the night before, um, you're going to have to maybe stay up a little bit later to make sure you're close to the bathroom so you can kind of get to sleep without having to rush and make it to the bathroom. And there's really no getting away around it. The benefit of doing the prep the right way, though, is that they'll get a better view in the colonoscopy. Um, it, it's the right thing to do so they can really get a sense of how healthy you are or are not. So they can see everything in there, or treat it if they need to. Um, if you don't prep the right way, they won't be able to do it. So you will have wasted their time, your time, wasted that horrible day of prepping. So make sure you, you do the prep as prescribed. The fourth thing is uh, practical as well is dress warm and chill out on the day of. So I say that, so the day of you, you can't have anything at all. So at least, you know, the day before you can still be drinking fluids up to midnight and whatever else, but the morning of, or the day of nothing. Um, so hopefully I was lucky. I had an early morning appointment at 10 AM and they were working fast. So I actually got to go in even earlier. Um, but you can't have anything by mouth. Uh, and so what I would advise to for the warm thing is wear sweatpants, whatever other comfortable pants uh, or other warm clothes. If you're a shorts and t-shirts guy, that's fine. That's what I had on. Um, I didn't realize how cold I knew hospitals were cold, but, um, the prep area is very cold and the procedure room is extremely cold. Fortunately, the great people, um, where I had the procedure done had warming blankets or warm blankets, rather, um, warming blankets are those things that are hooked up to actually circulating warm stuff, but they were just blankets from a warmer, um, but made a huge difference. It felt great. Um, you're exhausted already. You could be cranky cause again, you didn't have your morning coffee. You haven't eaten anything for over 24 hours. Um, and now you're cold cause your, your system is just, you know, kind of taxed from not having anything in it. Um, so wear something warm is what I would advise. That would be helpful. And, um, when you are waiting, you know, try not to let your mind wander too much, you know, what could go wrong and, and you're going to get the spiel, right? Here's all the things that could happen. Here's the percentage of times when the sedation goes wrong or when we could perforate your bowel, like all these things, you're going to hear them. Um, but colonoscopies happen so many times a day across the world, let alone the United States. Um, the percentage of something bad happening because of the procedure is extremely low. And I will tell you the reward for all the work that you've done for any nervousness that you have. And I, you know, I, I had thoughts too, thinking about what if this and that, and I I've been, you know, my experiences, my flashbacks to times when I've been sedated and had procedures was the last two times where one is when I drove myself to the hospital cause I had appendicitis. So that was a horrible thought. And then the time before that is when I had kidney cancer. So if you're like me and you've had previous times where you were sedated. And so your last thought was, you're going to be put to sleep for some procedure that 
you know, for something that's been causing you, you know, either extreme pain and sickness like appendicitis um, or, you know, something big and scary like cancer, then your next thought when you're going to be sedated again is not great. And so I had that similar thought. The great thing is that people were fantastic there, the doctors, the nurses, the nurse anesthetists. Um, when you are in the procedure room and they start to give you the volume push to chill you out, just chill and ride the wave. Um, that is probably the best part of this whole thing. Um, is you will not care that you are getting that um, epidural. It will relieve your fears. And then pretty immediately, it is lights out. Uh, it's amazing. It's, it still amazes me. And I've been around medicine for a while. How we figured out to shut down the human mind while keeping the body alive with chemicals. And how it is just so instant. And then you know, you're comfortable. You're chit-chatting. Your light's out. Then you wake up in the recovery room. Is just awesome. So kudos to medicine and the practice of it and the chemical folks that figured all that out. So uh, it's amazing. So that part, once you get there, is fantastic because you will not know what's happening. Again, you'll get a brief that there's one in however many thousand times someone kind of knows what's happening. Um, but I, I knew nothing at all. I just woke up in the recovery room. And no pain afterwards. Um, just, you know, you're, you're pretty loopy. You're, you're pretty... Uh, chemical drunk still uh, right afterwards. And then that, that wears off uh, pretty quickly, but you're still just exhausted from your body. So the fifth thing is the evening of the procedure afterwards. And, and then the next day is uh, just plan to rest um, all the rest of the day for sure. Like you are not going to want to feel like doing anything. You're going to be off a bit. Um, one of the best um, post-procedure preps and, and things on the sheet paperwork we actually got was don't make any big decisions, you know, in business or anything else like that, that day, because your mind just, just won't be right. You get some pretty serious stuff there. Um, but just chill out, have the clicker, take a nap, just, you know, do something, find something. And again, after the procedure, you're not driving home yourself. So part of that planning and number two, planning ahead for the week of is, is get a ride if you don't already have someone that can do that for you, because um, you can't drive home at, at all and, and should not. Um, and most places you probably can't wait there for eight hours until you're a little more able and you're really not supposed to for a while after that. Um, don't shovel the food in. Also, I would say, you know, part of your mind goes, man, I haven't eaten for a while. I want to just stop my Burger King and this and that. And I did some, you know, Google foo searching and, um, before I did this and, and one of the tricks I didn't do that I wish I did for the prep day was like clear gummy bears, just sucking on those. Um, cause that's a clear liquid and it'll just dissolve. Um, so that was jumping back a little bit, but, but back to this is, is I had like, um, leftover noodles with some chicken on them from a Chinese restaurant and it was great. It was, it wasn't too much. It was kind of bland, but enough flavor. So to get some food in my belly and I'd had some, um, ginger ale that I drank when I was at the hospital. So I'm sure wherever you have your colonoscopy scheduled for and, and completed, they'll have, you know, snacks for you as well. It, it's really good to get some, some food in your system. Um, but again, go slow with that, have moderate portions. Don't go crazy. That's part of the advice they'll give you. And, and I recommend that too. It worked well for me. Um, so I can't really give a lessons learned cause I shoveled a bunch of food in. Um, I know that, you know, having a, a decent meal and then some snacks and, uh, I did sneak a couple Oreos in there after the, the, the noodles, but, um, didn't need a ton of food right away. 
Um, your activity kind of is tolerated the, the day of afterwards through the evening. Again, you, you won't really want to do anything. You can't. You're just your body's still tired. You're trying to get nutrients back in it. The medication still that the half life of it's you know maybe gone from the sedation part, but the other part of it you know there's still some stuff in there, and your body's just not not quite on 100. Um, percent And then even the next day, um, so you'll you'll feel it still. You'll still be a little tired waking up the next day. Um, it was like I slept a lot, which I went to bed pretty early. Um, but you're, again, your body, it's a pretty taxing experience, um, throughout the, the few days or, you know, probably three days total that are impactful between the, the prep day or the, yeah, the prep day, the day of, and the next day. Um, and so I was able to do, you know, some things, uh, the day afterwards I, I did a jujitsu class, but a light roll. Um, so nothing crazy and that was okay. Um, so I hope this helps, um, you know, for folks that are thinking about it to, you know, those five things, consult your primary care physician, um, plan ahead for the week of, there's a lot that goes into this. Um, prep day is, is horrible. It's number three. There's no getting around it. Um, when you're going there, dress warm and, and just try and relax, um, ask questions if it helps. Um, just know that when it comes time to go in the room very soon after you're in that room, you're not going to care at all. And it's great. And lastly, the evening of uh, and the next day, just relax, um, you know, catch up on your Netflix and chill or, or whatever other platform. And then, you know, really um, pay attention to how you're tolerating things, you know, how you're walking and talking and, and uh, what you do so you don't kind of jump back into it too much and, and end up, you know, back in the hospital from an accident or something. So thank you very much for listening to this. My, you know, kind of personal recommendations. There's tons more information out there. There's uh, on the American Cancer Society's website, you know, about um, colorectal cancer. There's the We Have Cancer podcast um, with Lee Silverstein. So I highly recommend listening to that if you're someone that, that already knows that you have a, a cancer diagnosis or it's in your family or you've been part of that. There's some good stories shared there. Um, and that's one thing I'm going to do is, is connect with him and, and we're going to try and um, have an episode together as well. So don't let pride or ego or this uncomfortable topic of colorectal cancer um, or any other cancer stop you from getting screened or maybe even prompting your family members from getting screened. Um, thank you all very much. We, we topped over 4,000 downloads this week, um, and it seems to be climbing more and more each episode. Uh, it's an interesting flow kind of from the first episodes, you know, the incident command system ones and some Gettysburg leadership. And of course, uh, my tips for helping other folks pass the project management professional exam um, seem to be the highest on the list. Um, so thank you all very much. It means a lot to me. Uh, I'm enjoying this and appreciate all that you all have done. And I hope you all have a great day, weekend, evening. Godspeed.